Welcome back to the Society Case Files podcast. My name is Robert Hazelton, and I'll be your host. Today I'm going to talk about my vampire movies, but I also want to spend some time discussing creative pursuits, uh, inspirations, and that sort of thing. I also want to talk about an idea I have for a different type of podcast, a fictional one set in the society world that I have done a test for, and it was pretty funny, so I'm considering putting one of those out. Got a bit to talk about, so I'm going to dive right in. I have been on a massive vampire kick lately. I have been doing quite a bit of art about it. I've got some Camarilla art that I posted and is available on Fine Art America. I've got some Carmilla stuff. And then there's just all of the Hammer-influenced pieces that came out as well. Uh, So when I said I was going to try and watch some vampire movies, it turns out that I certainly was. It's pretty nuts, actually. Uh, Most recently, I watched the uh, 2000-era Salem's Lot miniseries, which was a super amount of fun. I really like that version. I know I saw some people dislike it because it deviates so much from the novel, but I think it captures most of what was important about it without being dead on. I'm I'm kind of a proponent of the uh, filmmaker's creating something that is within the spirit but different enough to where I can watch it and not know exactly what's going to happen. The end of the movie in particular surprised me when I watched it the first time so it was a lot of fun to have that uh, to have that happen on a story that I'd read the book multiple times and also had watched the original movie several times as well and then we've got the return to Salem's Lot which that, that actually is a, a pretty decent vampire movie. I think that it uh, encapsulates some of what Stephen King did in his uh, short stories about the Salem's Lot area. Um, it's it's pretty fun all around. I also watched a Russian movie called... Uh, well, I mean, it's got so many names. One of them is Lady Bathory. And unfortunately, that was less of a vampire movie and more of a just sort of serial killer film and it took a long time for any of the action to start so i'm not sure i can really recommend that one for your vampire needs but it was pretty well done i know it didn't get the best ratings but i'm not sure what people were hoping for Uh, the acting was certainly better than some of these other movies i've been watching um but very pretty very interesting looking and and their choice of uh, narrative, they're following two gypsy children who get into some trouble and end up at the Bathory Orphanage, which I doubt anyone wants to be in. <laughs> and then from there, uh, stuff ensues. Basically, the young girl, Gypsy, is looking for her sister who disappeared, and she's fairly certain that after she gets to the orphanage that uh, the uh, countess or baroness or whatever she is uh, must have done something to her so she's investigating it which is kind of cool and it's a different uh, approach to the to the story in general and then next i watch a lot of doctor who and uh the old the classic series right now and um the lala ward who plays romana too is in a vampire movie called uh vampire circus I saw an interview with her where she said she actually gets asked a lot of questions about it at conventions and stuff. It's either Doctor Who or Vampire Circus. So Vampire Circus is on Amazon. I watched it, and I have to say, I'd be almost a little frustrated if I was her because she has a very small role. I think she might have three lines. Uh, She's cool. She's a really neat vampire, but to 
get questioned about it all the time would be a little weird. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. All Around Vampire Circus, it's funny because as I started watching it, I'm like, I've never seen this before. But about halfway through, it all just came right back to me as if uh, it was a dream or something weird because I just remember the whole thing. Every aspect of it just hit me all at once. So I must have watched it at some point. I just couldn't remember very well. It's a pretty straightforward vampire hammer film and uh you know it's got the count doing terrible things until the people do terrible things back and so on and so forth uh just take dracula out and insert random noble dude um pretty well done for a hammer film all around without christopher lee or peter cushing uh the protagonists in it are actually pretty neat i i didn't mind them at all so vampire circus is definitely worth catching if you haven't seen it before or if you have and it's been a very long time it's it's worth revisiting for sure uh definitely i had fun um not gonna go into it too deep and too much detail but i did watch uh horror of dracula which i bought several years ago and uh, that's just a great film for peter cushing all around there's a youtube video about the uh, hammer era and talking about how peter cushing was generally the star of those hammer films a lot of people forget that because christopher lee is playing dracula so they assume he's the the star but he generally doesn't have as much screen time nor does he have the lines that peter cushing does so i could see why why the reverse is actually true so they were definitely a great duo and they brought so much dignity to some of those crappy movies, which is why the ones that don't have them can be hit or miss in a lot of ways. So, um, if you do need another hammer fix, uh, Horror of Dracula is always a great go-to. Most of the Christopher Lee Draculas are, are really good. I liked Scars of Dracula. That was a really good one, too. But, anyway, that is the vampire catch-up this week. Um, quite a few vampire movies. Um, not a movie, but I did watch the first episode of the TV show on Hulu, or is it AMC? Well, I watched it through Hulu, so it's an AMC that's that's being shown through Hulu, and it's that Nosferatu, like the license plate, uh, by Joe Hill. I think it's Stephen King's son. And I have to say that while I watched the first episode, it was it was pretty good. It was entertaining, I guess. There was something weird about it that I just, I couldn't quite put my finger on it feels almost like a strange fan fiction rather than its own thing and i'm not sure why that is and i'm not sure where i get that from i'm gonna watch more and see if i continue to get that feeling but it's almost as if it's not really its own work it is something else like a derivative of of, of something else so that is that's a little weird and i know that it sounds probably a little vague but um much as i enjoyed watching it um by the time i was done i just i felt like i was watching uh, i don't want to say something fake because that's not that's not the word but uh, definitely not wholly original maybe i think that in its effort to be original it comes off as too familiar like it's drawing from too many familiar sources in such a way that you could just pick them out very quickly and easily uh they're very much stephen king and that's not a surprising influence considering but 
I don't know. I just, I feel like there is a sense of wanting to go off on one's own, but not straying too far from the ranch. Like, maybe just a story that would have been in better hands had Stephen King just written it, rather than whatever influence he had. And maybe he had none. Maybe the influence was just growing up with Stephen King brought out this novel. I don't know. I haven't researched it. But when I watch more episodes, I'll have a more uh, defined opinion, and I'll talk about it then. The next thing I want to talk about is just influence and creativity. So I'm working on a new comic, and it's a vampire comic, very much inspired by all of this vampire stuff that I've been watching and reading, specifically Carmilla and Dracula and all of that stuff. So um, I came up with it probably right around the time I started doing all the vampire viewing. But what my problem was is that I didn't feel like I could bring anything new to the to the story, so I didn't want to waste my time and waste anyone else's time with it. But all of a sudden it, it came to me that I should try a comic version and see what I can do with that. Maybe go with a visual medium and change up some things to, I don't know, ultimately come up with something fresh. Or at least not as stale as, as the dozens if not hundreds of remakes of these of these uh, IPs and as I started off on this path I really wanted to create a visual style that that embodied what I had in my head and so far it's working out I took inspiration from box art of hammer films and stills from hammer films and uh, dark shadows and all of this other stuff that just came out around that time and was is embodying that gothic horror look. And I think the important part of this message is that inspiration itself can come from literally anything. It could come from something so specific as what I'm talking about, where I'm looking at all of these different pieces and studying them. Or it could be that you are staring blankly at the grocery store while you wait in line and you just see some color on one of those crappy magazines and you wonder about the composition of it, and then that leads you down a path to attempting something new. And what I think is important is that sometimes when inspiration hits us, we don't really have the uh, opportunity or the time, or we don't happen to be in front of a computer or uh, a drawing tablet or whatever whatever our medium needs in order to explore that idea or put it down on paper or remember it. So... You know, as long as you've got a phone, you should be good to go. Make notes. When you feel that inspiration, even a small tingle of one, you should probably make a note of it because that is the spark that could create something great. And if you let it go, it may not be there in a few hours. I have had that happen many times. I'll be doing whatever. Maybe I'm mowing the lawn or I'm out for a walk and I figure, eh, I'll come up with this later. Or I think of this great exchange of dialogue between two characters for one of the projects I'm working on for my freelance work or even for my book, if I don't write some of it down almost immediately, or if I don't keep it in my head until I have access to a device to do that, then I will forget. And I've got a pretty good memory, but sometimes when that inspiration comes, it's just fleeting. It hops in and it goes away. So it's important to capture it in any way you possibly can. Uh, that's why I've always endorsed journaling, especially for writers. If I'm doing any sort of mentoring for writers, the number one thing we talk about is journaling and ensuring that they're constantly writing down all their new ideas and what they've got going on. So 
as far as artists go, sometimes it's easier because if you carry around a drawing tablet with you, like a uh, the old school kind, the paper and pencil kind, you might even be able to do a quick sketch somewhere, just step into a coffee shop and, and, and put it down or whatever, whatever method you have, it's, it's an opportunity for you to capture something that, that came to you. And there's a reason for it coming to you, whether it's just because this is the moment for that idea to, to come to light or just because you needed it and maybe you were at an impasse and you just didn't know what to do next. Uh, one of those things is why you're currently dealing with a, uh, an inspiration spike. Now, I need to caution you, of course, because maybe you've already got a plethora of projects going. Maybe you've got four or five things happening at the same time and adding another one would just minimize the others. So what you need to do is you need to note it and you need to put down a decent enough description of what you're looking at so that when you are ready for the next thing, you can come back to that. You need to describe or otherwise capture your influence in such a way that when you look at what you did, you get that same sense you got before, that same excitement. Now, here's the thing. In some cases, it's teasing. It's you get an idea and it turns out to not really be that great after all. Maybe two days later you come back to it and you're like, you know, that is just a redo of Shannara. Maybe I should just drop that and, and move on and do something else. And that's okay. You don't have to be married to every piece of influence that comes along or every inspiration that, that kicks you in the pants and makes you want to do something. In some cases, evaluating it and finding out that it isn't really something you need to do is is important as well now this works beyond the artistic world as well when i was working as a manager for an it department i had these kind of inspirations as well i would think you know i've got a great idea to implement this new policy that will help my people be more efficient just as an example and as I explored it, sometimes I'd be like, ooh, you know, now that I'm putting it under the microscope, I, I see a lot of problems with it, and I can see why it wouldn't work. Um, but sometimes there's merits that I could pull out of that exercise, or that exercise unto itself turns into something of value. For example, if you are deciding to write a new story, and you get this great inspiration to do this space opera that takes your crew of explorers off on strange new worlds... And you sit down and really start to evaluate what you've created. Maybe you realize, wow, this sounds a lot like Star Trek. And maybe I'm not going to rewrite Star Trek right now. But in the process of figuring that out, of going through and just asking your questions of, well, what are these characters going to do? What are they like? Who are they? How many are there? All that stuff. Maybe along the way, you go, wow, you know what? I've never actually broken down a project like this before i'm gonna put this in the back of my mind or i'm gonna actually create a template and i'm going to ask these questions the next time i have inspiration as well so it's not only about tearing down your ideas and ensuring that they're fresh or at least fresh enough to you to to convey something special to your audience but it's about the crafting of your different projects before they even begin whether it's to attack the outline and create something wholly unique or to start twisting things, to ask questions that will uh, change the story enough to where it is no longer a uh, blatant copy of, say, Jupiter Ascending. 
just as one example. Maybe you want to do something very similar where a bunch of characters are being harvested for some sort of material, whether it's their blood or their souls or their essential minerals or whatever you want to do. You attack that and you go, oh my goodness, this is exactly like whatever. Then what you do is you you write down the similarities so that you know exactly what they are. Now you're going into it with your eyes wide open so that you can go, you know, what are the key components that make up the original work? What is it that makes that work original? That's the stuff that you need to change. I mean, we've had vampires sucking the blood out of people for centuries. We've got aliens doing the same thing and things like... Uh, the um, War of the Worlds. So there are certain elements that you can, of course, take and put into your sci-fi. What you want to do is figure out what you can do to make it different, whether it be in the case of Jupiter Ascending, they've got space werewolves and nobles doing all this stuff to stay young. Maybe you want to twist it so that you don't have supernaturals at all, like there is no space werewolf, and, and maybe it's just something that society does. Uh, this is just one example of how to start twisting it around and making it different. Maybe it's not normalized. Maybe this process of stealing people's essences is uh, something done on the black market. Um, so uh, this, is, this is how you go at taking original work when you were super inspired and you were just passionate that this was the way to go that's how you start making some real changes on it creativity is not always simple so we have to remember that when we go at any sort of creative uh, pursuit it may actually end up being a far more complex process to create whatever it is we're going to create whether that is the inspiration for it or the outline or actually doing the project but as long as you do the work you're going to probably have something that you really enjoyed making so continuing to talk about my vampire comic in particular, what I mentioned before was that the inspirations were Carmilla and the Hammer films that I'd been watching. But when I actually started to create it, now this is part two of what I'm talking about when you get an influence and you start making something or you're working on it. When I actually started creating the comic, a whole bunch of stuff came out. Uh, first, I wanted to sort of play with some camera angles here and there, not all the time, mostly right now. So far, it's just the very first shot is a little bit wonky, but the rest are a little more uh, straightforward. But I wanted it to be like a couple of movies that were outside of that uh, old classic vampire setting. Uh, there's a Full Moon Studios movie called Vampire Journals that has some seriously cheesy voiceovers where the character is supposedly reading from their journal. And I wanted to capture some of that. I wanted to capture some of Embrace of the Vampire with the vampire writing down all of his nonsense. And I wanted the character to really be over the top and just feel alien, feel like somebody who's really strange and really weird. And the way I'm conveying that is I wanted to go at it with dialogue that was just kind of cheesy and and old and weird so that's how i'm bringing that out i mean in a movie we do it with the character acting a little odd whether they move a little strangely or they look at people with a sort of distant gaze all of that kind of thing all those little nuances that an actor can put into it i have to do with 
the imagery and the text. And this isn't like a traditional style comic. It's not three and four panels here and there. I'm doing like one page panels and a lot of text. So it's more like a novel accompanied with art. Uh, fewer words, of course. And so that means that I convey it with both the text and looks and uh, color choices, that sort of thing. Um, I just watched Frank Langella's Dracula. And he inspired me because he talked about when he approached playing the character himself, he was going for a different take on, on Dracula. Instead of him being a fiend and a monster, he's a nobleman with a peculiar problem. That's how he approached it. And when you watch his performance and the way that he moves with his character and the way that his character speaks to other people, it's very obvious that he is more of this this guy who's in charge as opposed to just sort of a monster that roams around and he still is monstrous he still does terrible things and he does them for seemingly no reason but when you're interacting with him and the way he goes about his activities he is not the slathering fiend that we've seen in other versions and taking from that i wanted this character to have this sort of dignity that sometimes you don't get in vampire movies I mean, sometimes these vampires are are ridiculous to the point where they are no longer to be taken seriously. And my goal is that this character is going to be creepy. So there will be an attraction repulsion thing going on. And that's very important because I think that in a lot of ways, that's sort of what vampires embody is this concept that people are attracted to the danger, but they know in their hind brain that they should be getting away from them. And... That is how I have been going about it. And now I will admit that in a lot of ways I didn't really have a storyboard in mind. I just had a whole series of images that popped into my head that just looked pretty in my mind's eye. And I wanted to recreate those and then put story to them. Uh, sometimes stories and work don't have to be super structured or pre-built sometimes you could just follow your bliss now i admit that in some cases people don't have the focus or maybe even the experience to fly by the seat of their pants um there's nothing saying that you shouldn't try it and see what you could do i mean you might be just good enough to be dangerous and that might be the way to push yourself over the hump to whatever next level you're looking at for creation um so I think all of that's really important, and I hope you take some of this to heart. I hope that you found something in that monologue that will help you to realize whatever project you're working on, whether it is your next novel, short story, art piece, music, or something at work. Whatever the case may be, uh, I think you can apply what I've talked about, grabbing ex uh, influence and experience and, and turning it into something positive. So uh, try it every day. Try and find some inspiration every day and write it down and see what comes of it. I think you'll be happy with the results. Final thing I want to talk about today is a new podcast idea or just a recorded story idea that I was thinking of that is basically a character in the society world who has decided to essentially warn people about the impending threats of monsters out and about that have been doing terrible things. And basically it'd be like one of those talk shows you hear on AM radio, but you know, just as sensational and ridiculous 
but the focus is on the supernatural like somebody trying to expose the x-files almost but in this case my little test run that i did the character talks about some of the events from the books and discusses the sorts of things the media used to to uh cover it up so like the events of the hermes foundation there is a uh construction site that gets blown up basically and uh, wizards are throwing energy balls around and a big demon shows up and has to be uh, put down and so my new character that i've made up goes on this sort of podcast slash radio show and talks about how it's nonsense what they were saying it's it couldn't have been welding tools it had to be you know magic it had to be monsters and that sort of thing and then he even gets callers who he finds that that are able to sort of corroborate his insanity by saying things like you know uh two of them come into my coffee shop every day because their coffee cart's broken and that kind of foolishness um so far it was really funny i'm going to actually create one i'm going to produce one and then i'm going to put it up on the coffee site for free and let people hear it and see what they think uh and and maybe that will be something that i can uh release once in a while on this podcast stream uh as sort of a special feature maybe two a month or something or maybe even just once a month and then it'll have a different piece of artwork to differentiate it and that kind of thing but uh so far it was really funny and the inspiration for that came when i first started doing the podcast i had this sort of in the back of my head that i would have had to pick if i was going to do sort of this review discussion format or if i was going to go straight crazy and uh take this character for a spin and it took me a while to finally build up some ideas and and put down what i wanted for that character to do and to say and how i wanted him to sound and now that i have that i think i could finally push that out there so look forward to a new kind of recording here in the next couple weeks i should be able to get it done and have it available for uh for listening pretty soon i i I guess my only hesitation with it is that I really enjoy this format. I love talking about the creativity and movies and and all that stuff. So I don't want to uh, sacrifice one for the other at this point. But um, maybe when I have that one available and people hear it, they'll have some comments and tell me that I should just do that one instead or to toss that all together. But we'll see what happens there. It's sort of like a radio drama without all the sound effects, so it should be a lot easier to produce than the Glamour and Shadows series that I've been working on. Um, Anyway, so that's it for that, but uh, look forward to it in the next couple weeks. That's it for this week, and I want to thank you very much for stopping by and listening to the show. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear more, please consider supporting the project at www.ko-fi. Or visit me at www.societycasefiles.com. You'll find all the work I talk about on the podcast through those two sites. So if you're curious, that's how you satiate that. In any event, thank you very much again, and I look forward to seeing you next week.